Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher on a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. Thanks a lot, Blazers. You too, Bradley Beal. Both of you, in your respective waves, have killed any suspense when it comes to who the top 10 teams in each conference are. There's still plenty of jockeying to be done to avoid the play-in scenario, but as it stands, there are no threats to jump up right now. Sorry, Sacramento Kings. For those who don't have easy access to the standings, the 10th team in the East is the Atlanta Hawks right now, as I record this, at 26 and 28. The 11th team is the Washington Wizards at 24 and 29, followed by the Knicks at 24 and 31. Now that Bradley Beal is out with season-ending wrist surgery and Julius Randle seems to be feuding with everyone in Gotham, I don't see either of those teams being a threat to move up. In the West, the Pelicans are the 10th team at 22-32, and 32, only a game and a half ahead of the Blazers, but the Pelicans just upgraded their roster while the Blazers demolished theirs. I don't see... Tomas Sadoransky suddenly being a game-changer for the 12th place team, the San Antonio Spurs. The Kings are 13th, and their moves were meant to give them a shot at moving up, but I'll have to see it first. I like DeMontis Sabonis. He had a great debut, but I just don't know if he can get his while De'Aaron Fox can get his on a regular basis. So, there's your consolation prize, Lakers fans. All your team has to do is keep stumbling along as it has, and at the very least will be in the play-in tournament, which means they have a chance to be in the postseason, which means they have a chance to upset someone, at least in the first round. A few quick asides before I get to what I really want to get to in this episode, which is the myth that big threes are the key to championships, and how if it hadn't been exploded before this, it certainly has now. The first quick aside is tangentially related to that. Can we bury this idea that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are superstars at this stage of their career? 
or are anywhere close to being among the best players. For anyone in LA or anywhere else who might have forgotten what a superstar looks like, Giannis Antetokounmpo showed you against the Lakers the other night. He's been showing you all season long. You can't beat two superstars when one of them toys with you. Don't give me numbers or breakaway dunks or the dunk by LeBron with Giannis back turned or dunks of any kind as a measure of what a player actually can do. I say all that because that's what I saw posted on social media, presumably as a statement that LeBron was somehow a worthy adversary for Giannis. He wasn't. Complete non-factor defensively. Did not impact the momentum of the game at all. Hit his first two threes and then missed four of his next five. Giannis buried his only two threes while making 17 of 20 shots. He dominated the paint. He stuffed AD's jumper. He handed out eight assists without a single turnover. The man is a monster at both ends of the floor, and it didn't even look as if he was, as if he was going all out against the Lakers. There are so many teams that have coasted past the LA team this season with and without big performances from their top players, regardless of the numbers that AD and LeBron put up. That's not how it's supposed to work. Superstars make more out of lesser players. Their big personal stats result in wins, not blowout losses. It's time to recalibrate on that front. This aside is also tangentially related to the myth of the big three. Whether or not James Harden gets dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers or goes there this summer as a free agent, let's stop with immediately crowning them a title contender. Or if Tobias Harris is there, advertising them as the next big three. How many times do we have to go through this? Winning a championship takes more than just star power, more than just impressive regular season stats, even more than a great inside-outside combination, which Embiid and Harden, Harden certainly would be. It takes versatility, depth, coaching, chemistry, and luck. Considering the history of Embiid and Harden, chemistry and luck, particularly when it comes to health, are far from guaranteed. Second quick aside, why is everybody acting so shocked that the Lakers and Nets do not look like teams that are going to get anywhere near the finals? I don't care what the odds were at the start of the season. The odds are based on what the bookmakers think they can post to generate interest. Having two teams in the biggest markets laden with big names as favorites makes plenty of sense for the bookmakers not for anyone who is actually assessing those teams and their viability. After all, if you bet on the Lakers winning the title and they don't, you lose and the bookmaker wins. In short, Lakers and Nets fans and the media winding them up, you all got suckered. I tried to warn you, but no, I was dismissed as a Lakers hater, a LeBron hater, a KD hater, a Brooklyn hater, etc., etc. There's no emotion in it for me. The only time my emotions become engaged is when I see people say or write things I know to be wrong, and they say it with such know-it-all assurance. Newbies to watching the NBA look back to the Boston Celtics bringing Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen together, or LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Posh getting together in Miami, and by deductive reason have come to the conclusion that 
All you need to do is find a way to put together three superstars and you can win a championship. It's so painfully obtuse, my head hurts just thinking about all the declarations I've seen on air and social media trumpeting that theory. Can I give you an inside look on why the three amigos in Boston managed to win a title? First of all, it was timing. The Detroit Pistons' magnificent run as an Eastern Conference powerhouse, six consecutive appearances in the conference finals, was coming to an end. Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace, and Rip Hamilton simply aged out. The Orlando Magic were the next best team, but they weren't title-contending material. The West had the Lakers, who only needed a healthy Andrew Bynum and a slightly more developed Trevor Ariza to win the next two titles, and no one else of note. Second of all, it was timing. Pierce, KG, and Ray were all at the end of their primes, and none of them had sniffed a title. They were desperate to make it work, and while it didn't click right away, they each were willing to sublimate their respective egos to make it work. Third, their strengths meshed really well. KG was the defensive backbone, Pierce was the go-to scorer, and Ray Allen was the floor spacer and two-way perimeter player. It also didn't hurt that they had a young wizard at point guard, Rajon Rondo, who, without those three vets, might have been a bigger handful than he was. Don't discount that they were doing all this in Boston, a proud franchise that had gone 20 years without a legitimate shot at a title. TD Garden was electric that entire year and undoubtedly gave a jolt to KG after years of playing in the subdued atmosphere in Minneapolis. They also had some really key complimentary vets, James Posey, P.J. Brown, and Sam Cassell, as well as a young Kendrick Perkins. Which is what baffles me that Perk now can't wait to declare every combo he sees as being the next great thing. I don't know if he's thirsty for attention or what, but he knows from the inside what a special team looks and feels like and how unique they truly are. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. The Miami Heat enjoyed a similar set of circumstances. The Celtics' big three were aging out when they joined forces. The only other team of any note were the Chicago Bulls, who really had only one player, Derrick Rose. The West had the on-the-verge-of-aging-out San Antonio Spurs. 
that's pretty much it as far as legit title contenders. The desperation didn't kick in for the Heat until they started out the season playing 500 basketball, and then again after they lost in the finals to the Dallas Mavericks. Considering what a big deal had been made of LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh coming together, what a big deal they made of it, not just the media, they had no choice but to find a way to alter their games in order to make them fit. And, fortunately, they had three guys whose skill sets allowed them to do that. Bosch had to become a dramatically different player than he'd ever been before. A stretch four, living on the perimeter. If he didn't arrive with a solid mid-range jumper, that transition would have been a lot tougher. LeBron, because of his size, could adjust to playing more below the free throw line, working out of the pinch or mid posts and still turning and attacking the basket. And on defense, the three of them were all above average at their positions. Add in a franchise with great institutional knowledge on how to build and develop championship teams, and they had a pretty solid recipe to win a, a ring or two. You could make a case that in some ways, they underachieved by only winning two, considering the state of the league at the time they came together. I mean, they had little trouble getting there, and the two teams they lost to in the finals were an ancient Mavericks team and an ancient Spurs team. So do I need to go into any more depth how the Lakers' current big three of AD, LeBron, and Russ Westbrook or Carmelo Anthony never ever should have drawn comparisons or had expectations similar to the Boston Big Three or the Heatles. The Lakers three don't shame, share the same level of desperation, for starters. Russ and Melo are hungry for a ring, but AD isn't. He got his. LeBron is somewhere in the middle. He'd love to get another one, but he doesn't have to have one. As J.J. Redick said, his legacy is secure. I'm sure LeBron knows that. His sights seem to be set on surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the league's all-time scorer and playing with his son, Bronny. The pieces also don't fit. If this were Miami LeBron, or even second-iteration Cleveland LeBron, then maybe. That LeBron was far less concerned about scoring and far more able and willing to create easy shots for others. This LeBron is looking for his shot, first and foremost. And when he isn't, he's working out of the mid-post. That puts AD in the role of Bosch, spending more time on the perimeter to create space. And I don't need to recite how badly AD is shooting the three. 17.5% bad last time I checked, in case you didn't know. Westbrook can't have the ball in his hands as much as he's used to can't get as many shots as he's used to, can't make as many mistakes as he's used to. But if you limit him on all those fronts, then you're not going to get anything close to the same impact that we're used to getting from Russ Westbrook. There's no getting small doses of Russ. I actually feel bad for him because he's trying to make it work. He's more than willing to adjust his game. That's why he's so messed up. He's second-guessing everything he does, and he's a spur-of-the-moment decision-maker, so he's second-guessing himself at the last possible second. The Lakers franchise has a history of winning championships, but the current squad doesn't. These are practically all new players from the team that won a title in the bubble. 
it's nearly a whole new coaching staff. And most of the new additions have no experience playing for a title. So how exactly was this supposed to work? The same goes for the Nets. KD, Kyrie, and Harden are not three guys coming together all desperate to win their first ring. Kyrie and KD already have theirs. There's no institutional knowledge of how to build and develop a championship team. There's no vibe in Barclays Center the way there was in TD Garden or down in Miami. And the pieces don't fit. Not one of them would be looked at as a defensive quarterback or backbone. Having three closers is an embarrassment of riches and a nice luxury, but it's also overkill. You don't need three closers. You do need a defensive quarterback. If KD and Kyrie are as close as Wade and LeBron were, that's also a problem because Harden is not Bosch, the clear third biggest star with a willingness to mold himself around the other two. Harden has to be thinking that's Kyrie's role, regardless of what his relationship with KD might be. I'm not sure the Big Three model was ever really in vogue, but even if it was, all indications are that the current state of affairs, the impact of COVID, the change in interpretation of fouls, has retired it. Look at who went to the finals last year and who is excelling this year. The Bucks didn't win a title with a Big Three. They did it with a roster capable of playing fast or slow and defending big and small. The Suns are rolling through the league this year because they can do the same. Anyone who says Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton are their big three, or says the same about Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, are just looking to find names they can slap a big three tag on. It requires looking a little deeper into how a team is made and how the pieces fit to determine if they have what it takes to be the last team standing. But... That's okay. That's what this podcast and listeners like you are for. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In looking at, as of right now, the best teams in the league, they stood pat. And there's one team in particular that I don't think could afford to do that. That will be the subject of the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.